I would be saying to somebody to start with, look, if you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, if then that means that the Holy Spirit is in you. And that means God is speaking to you. And therefore, a lot of it with lots of people who are maybe beginning to explore this kind of area, it's more about giving language to their already experience versus kind of, <laughs> oh, there's this kind of bolt-on Christianity that I didn't have, and now I've got to add it on to what I'm doing. You are listening to The Dwellings Podcast. On this podcast, we will share stories that will inspire you on your journey with Jesus and help you cultivate kingdom community right where you are. This is season one, Hearing God's Voice. I am so excited today to have our friend Johnny Hughes on the podcast. Johnny is the pastor of Trinity Church Nottingham in England, but now recently you've been named vicar of nottingham is that right yeah of, of a church called st andrews in nottingham sadly not the whole of nottingham uh okay working on it <laughs> what's what's the official title then i guess i yeah i guess i'm the lead pastor of trinity church nottingham with my wife amy and officially the vicar of st andrews and um yeah which is a church just a little ways up the hill from us so you probably saw it when you were over with us I, I saw it. We had the privilege of hanging out with uh, Johnny and Amy and his staff at Trinity Nottingham. And I would just say, as we're in the Hearing God series, what I picked up from that gathering is that you have a culture of people that are listening for God's voice and following in real tangible ways. And so it really fits to have you have you here? It was it was really fun to be able to see um, you guys in person that day, and to see all that the Lord's doing through your church and through your ministry. I had heard your story through a pastor's cohort that that I was a part of that you spoke in, and there was something about uh, the day that I heard you that just sealed in my memory. Everything you said made a mark on me. So we've had the privilege since then. Uh, my husband and I have coming over, visiting, seeing your church and seeing that there's really a whole movement of God that's happening in your area. And I think a lot of it is because of what God's doing in and through you. So thank you, Johnny, for, for joining us. It's a joy, really a joy to be with you. Well, we're talking about God's voice and I'm just curious. Um, I would love for you to share with us what your journey has been like in learning how to hear God's voice. I know um, that intersects a lot with our view on the Holy Spirit and our theology of the Holy Spirit. And in your life, from knowing some about your story, that has changed over the years. Um, but there were some things in your childhood that happened that really formed some of that in you. Can you share a little bit about your background in the church? Yeah, so I'm, I'm an, an Anglican. Um, which I guess in American terms is the, the related to the Episcopal Church. Um, <clears throat> and my father was a vicar. He's retired now. So a pastor for 40 plus years. Um, and my he, he's he's got an identical brother. He was also a pastor for a similar period of time. His identical uh, twin brother's got three sons, two of whom are, are vicars, are pastors. Um, and... So in a sense, I've been around the church. In fact, my mother's side of the family, they were, um, I don't know if you 
how familiar you would be with the Brethren Church, but mm-hmm. um, kind of very strict. And in fact, theirs was closed Brethren, so kind of cultish in some ways. Um, and they were chucked out of that. But all that, all that to say, which is another story for another time, but at some stage I'll tell you that one, Catherine. But um, <laughs> really quite a kind of rich kind of faith background and I I only ever really remember being a part of the church and I remember having a my first experience of of Jesus when I was four or five and and coming to kind of my own first kind of steps of expression of my own faith um and then throughout my I guess naught to tens I don't know what the kind of collective noun for naught to tens is it's not teens is it but something um I had a, a series of experiences. I remember one particularly where we were in some um, some kind of formal church setting. And I was in those kinds of settings quite a lot. Some, someone's perhaps becoming a vicar or something of a certain church. I was probably about eight, I would say. And I just remember the worship and the, an experience of God. I suppose I maybe didn't have the language for that, but I, I distinctly remember... You know, you know, Wesley talks about his heart being strangely warmed. Now, I'd never mm-hmm. read Wesley by that stage, being about eight years of age. Um, but I felt like there was some kind of burning in my chest and I didn't couldn't explain it. But it was accompanied by a sense of peace, I suppose. Again, not language I'd have had then, but I do remember it. And then a couple of years later, we were caught up in um, around the time of the outpouring in Toronto, Toronto Blessing, whatever you want to call that. Um, there were really significant out phenomena of the Holy Spirit. And I, I used to go to something called Soul Survivor, a festival in New Wine, which are kind of charismatic um, expressions of faith in the kind of often Anglican, but not always. And I suppose, broadly speaking, evangelical. These are all terms that are helpful to a degree. But anyway, a bunch of us were there, a few thousand of us were there. And just I saw honestly the kinds of things that yeah, almost like if I saw them today as a pastor, I'd be really concerned. <laughs> and I'd be I, the concern would be, oh my gosh, how do I explain this to the people? And is this God? And is it not? And and the, I suppose the answer then would be some of it was and some of it wasn't. But mm. the fruit of it was extraordinary. Um, and I think the fruit of it in my life was extraordinary. I remember environments uh, in worship particularly, and I do think there's a real significance to worship um, where, and by worship, I'm talking about singing, but I'm talking about the whole kind of experience of worshiping Jesus, hearing scripture preached and and responding in prayer and all that kind of thing, praying for each other and confessing sin and all those things that happen in a good gathered environment, whether that's in a home uh, or whether that's in a, you know, a mega church. Um, Yes. I just remember that in the environment, just the sense of God's presence, that it was it was stunning. And I remember just feeling, I, I mean, I, I can, I look back on that even as a 10 or 11 year old. And I think in many ways I've been pursuing something of that my whole life, mm-hmm. um, longing to um, experience and to lead others into that kind of a profound environment ecosystem if you like of the holy spirit god was just close in a different way god's always you know we've all got the theology don't we you know god is everywhere and you know 
Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but sometimes he's just near mm. in a special way. And so I suppose that's that's kind of the backstory. Now there's various kind of ups and downs, undulations in my story after that point. Um, and I'm knocking on the door of 40 now. So this is kind of 30 years ago and there's a lot that's happened between now and then. Um, I suppose the only other thing I'd want to say is between now and then I've been mentored, discipled by a, a, a number of people for which I'm hugely grateful. And many of them have been influenced either directly or indirectly by John Wimber. Um, and he had a massive impact over here, particularly in the Anglican church, actually. And so much of what's alive in the Church of England now, things like Alpha, um, mm -hmm. uh, has been has been catalyzed by him. And I got to meet some of his disciples, and I still know a few of them directly. And I, I just can't tell you how grateful I am for that, because they taught me a lot about hearing God. Yeah. Well, and... I remember the day that we had lunch, my husband BJ and I, and you had lunch and you were saying since those times in your childhood, you have been pursuing something like that. Like you've wanted to taste the things and experience the things that you did during that uh, time in your life. And I'm sure sometimes it's hard as a leader to be able to see when some of those things are happening around you, like the road is hard as a leader and you're having to do a lot behind the scenes. That's not glamorous um, to lead your people into spiritual depth. But what I would say just by being among you is there is a legacy of what you experienced as a child when you weren't leading and you were watching, watching happening through your leadership, because I saw it with my own eyes, uh, you know, a whole staff of people praying over visitors in the ways that they did. That doesn't just happen. And so obviously that's a work of God, but I would say um, through your leadership, you are creating those environments um, now. And so um, just wanted to encourage you in that. <laughs> that for sure but back uh let's let's fast forward a little bit and in, uh into your current life and at the start of trinity nottingham there was a man that you encountered named don and i was struck by this story because um this is someone in your life that heard from god but has um, impacted your life and the life of your church in the current day. So can you tell us a little bit about that story? Oh yeah. I mean, this is, this is, you know, if I, if I wake up, you know, sometimes I don't know if this is just me, but from time to time I wake up an agnostic or an atheist, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and every so often when I do that um, <laughs> weekly or whenever that happens, <laughs> I'm myself of this story because it's so encouraging to me. And I, I think it's an exact, God knows what we need. And I think he knew that I needed one a story like this. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, basically what happened was we'd agreed, Amy and I had agreed to come in and lead the, this church plant to start this church. Uh, we were invited by the Bishop of our area, a wonderful man called Paul. And um, we said, yes, it was a, a whole host of stuff behind that. We weren't meant to be leading it, but we ended up kind of, um, leading in this environment we felt completely out of our depth and, and we felt that because we were <laughs> <laughs> and, and we still are but 
on the first gathering, the first ever Sunday, so it's Easter Sunday 2017, about nine months after we arrived, I remember having that kind of thing that anyone who's starting anything, a business or church, but certainly the church planters know, which is terror that nobody will come, as well as terror that too many people will come. Of and course. Which it was going to be. But I was kind of frantically, whilst kind of trying to think of what I was going to say and everything else, how the service was going to go, whether there were enough chairs, did we have coffee and tea and all that stuff. Also trying to welcome everyone who, every, anyone who looked vaguely new particularly frantically trying you know to make make god show up in my own strength mm-hmm. anyway i saw this chap and i'd never seen him before and it turns out his name was don and he didn't tell me his name and he didn't really even look at me but he just said oh just come to see what you've done with the place which i thought was a strange greeting and i said well here here we are you know can i get you a cup of tea are you staying he said no 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 i'm, I'm not staying just come to see what you've done with the place and that was it. And he was kind of quiet. And then he said, God's going to do incredible things in this place. And I said, how do you know? He said, trust me, I know. God's going to do incredible things in this place. And he said, well, I'm not staying. I've just come out to get, you know, to have a look. I told my wife I'd be back in 10 minutes. Uh, but I'll be back next week. Anyway, in the end, he did stay. He he stayed for the service and, and we exchanged details. And the next week after the service, we met. And he told me a story, and the story was that at the end of 2011, so that was around five or six years before the Sunday um, that we met, he had a dream. And in the dream, he was driving down the street on which our church is based, called the Mansfield Road. You've been there. Mm-hmm. And in the dream, he he saw some people coming out of the building. Now, in real life at this point, the building was derelict. It was boarded up. It wasn't being used for anything. But in the dream, it was it was open. And some people walked out of the building, out of the double doors at the front, and they're wearing all white gowns. We would call them a cassock or, you know, like a, a monk's or nun's kind of habit, all white. And as soon as they came out into the streets, they fell down on the floor in front of his car. So he stopped his car. There's only him and his wife in his car, in his dream. And he got out and tried to look at what was going on. And he, he, he was just wondering what's happening. And he heard a voice in his head say, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he thought, okay. And then he heard another voice, this time from within the church or the building at this point. And it was a minister's voice who followed the voice and went into the building through two sets of double doors and arrived exactly where he, where I met him in real life. That's where he was standing in the dream. And he said, I saw, the first thing I saw or sensed was worship of the kind I've never seen in my life before. Now, Don is a Pentecostal. Uh, his background is uh, he's Jamaican by heritage. Guy knows how to pray. Right. After this, he started inviting me to his prayer meetings, which were about 40 men between 5 and 7 a.m. So, and there was a lot of, lot of praying and a lot of singing. And it was, so he knows how to pray and knows how to worship. But he said, this was worship of the kind I'd never seen before. And he said, I saw a minister at the front. He said, the building was set up exactly like you'd set it up in real life. And there was a baptism pool at the front. And somebody was baptizing a whole group of people. And two by two, they walked out, having been baptized, wearing these all white gowns. And as soon as they got out into the city, fell down under the power of the Holy Spirit. Extraordinarily, you know, encouraging for a church planter. Okay, God is going to somehow, there is a, there's, God has a, a desire to see this place as a place of worship. Um, and that he's going to pour out his spirit. That was the sense I got and send people out into the city with with some, with the Holy Spirit on them. Now, wow. what's extraordinary about that? I mean, that would have been enough. 
But then he said, six months later, he had another dream. And in that dream, God said, opened up Isaiah 55 to him, which I like to think are kind of the gospel in the Old Testament in miniature. And, um, and then said, go and consecrate that place because I will glorify my name there. And mm. so the next day, I think it was Sunday, Don pulled up his, 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 his kind of van outside, builder's van outside the church and spent an hour and a half anointing everything he could find with oil um and praying Isaiah 55 worshiping in his back different hour and a half wow we've been praying and this is five five years five and a half years before the church started and then the next Sunday God woke him up and he said do it again the next one do it again and he prayed every single Sunday for over two years <laughs> for this building and um had he met you no I I, I didn't know I didn't know I no. I mean this was well, so that we'd be, we'd now be in 2012. The, at the time he had the dream, I was still in California. Wow. And it was January the 1st, 2012, that we felt God say really clear, here's a question, how do you hear God's voice? We heard God, heard, not audibly, but we really very clearly sensed God say to us, it's time to go home. So we left this great job at a great church in California and went back to the UK without a, without a job to go to. Um, so we were still, when he had the dream, we were still in California. We then moved to London. I didn't meet him for another five years, five and a half years. I didn't meet him until after the church started. So I knew nothing about what God had set in motion until after we'd followed and obeyed what we felt God was saying to us. We hope that you're enjoying this episode so far. If you're finding this conversation helpful, we want you to know that we have a dedicated app full of resources and opportunities to connect with people around the world who want to see God's kingdom expand right where they are. It's through the generosity of people just like you that we're able to offer everything for free. If you would like to begin partnering with us through a one-time gift or a recurring gift, you can do so at dwellings.info give or simply click the link in the podcast show notes. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get back to the conversation. Wow. Wow. And and you've mentioned this a little bit, but what has that meant to you over your life and your ministry to know even before you were in your country, even before you had had an idea about planning a church with Amy, that there was another person that God was speaking to I guess, to give you assurance and to give you greater confidence that you were going the right way. What has this meant to you over the years? Great question. I mean, to be honest, I'd love to say that and immediately I, I began to rest in the anointing. <laughs> no, what happened was I it actually produced in me initially quite a lot of striving and, um, and fear, I think, fear of messing it up. And, and therefore, actually... It, I think it energized probably what was already lurking within me, which was a sense of, and I always, you know, this is kind of my sin pattern, defaulting Mm -hmm. to, I've got to do it. If if it's going to happen, I've got to do it. So now it was like, okay, this is actually the dream of my life. I want to be part of stewarding a movement of the Holy Spirit. I want to be involved in that. Now God is saying this is going to happen. I really better not mess this up. And we've really got to do this and this and this. We've got to pray more. And um, and then it didn't really help that Don was asking me to pray between five and seven on a Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> four young kids, and 
so I, I'm not I'm not saying I got close to burnout. I don't think we got there, but I think I took it on as a burden um, rather than as a promise. Now, with the promises of God, they there is you know they are invitations to intercession, and they they require um, they require something often of us. But they are, that doesn't mean that they're ours to then go and deliver. And I think that's the initial thing I did was to respond in that sense. And I think after a while, you know, maybe, I don't know how this happened, but I think I got to a realisation that's not what was called for here. So I, where, where am I now with it? I mean, I think, um, hopeful. And actually, we, we had, this is last Easter, this is on YouTube somewhere, Don came to our Easter service. He he comes to our church pretty frequently. He's not not there every week, um, but he still prays very much for us. But he stood up for for the congregation. I do. I mean, I do find this stuff just so moving. Um, and he said, "Yeah, this is it. We've we're seeing it. This is the fulfilment of of everything that I saw. And there's more. And there's more. And I think that's it, isn't it? With well, that's that's where I'm at now. God, you've done, you know, you have done immeasurably more than I could have asked or imagined here. You've you've changed lives, and you know, there's so much amazing stuff that God's done. But there's more. And, yeah, and and I think this last part that you mentioned is so helpful because we are forgetful, and life is hard, and leadership is very hard, and there are so many days where you know you know, we can remember in the past that God has spoken, but things feel dry and he does seem more silent and the work is discouraging. And I think to record these stories, I mean, that's what you're doing by rehearsing it too with other, other people, um, is probably a reminder to you of God's goodness. And you need that some days you have to, you have to look back and, and I've been amazed at how forgetful I can be and how I can do exactly what you said. I, I can be going um, off of a word from God and be living in the spirit, but quickly it can change to a striving in my flesh where I'm trying to make something happen. And um, I forget that the God who spoke about that thing also plans to make it come to be with my cooperation, but he's not just, you know, handing me an impossible word that then I have to lift and and carry and and be in charge of. So um, thank you for showing us just, the thought process and the humanity behind that, because it's not always like we get a word and then we're encouraged for life. And, um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Well, tell me, you know, you're a pastor and you're in vocational ministry, but for the people listening that are ordinary everyday people with other jobs, with families that are busy, how would you encourage them to take a step uh, in hearing God's voice. Mm. Well, I, I think my, if I was having this conversation with somebody who was new to this or to a, let's say a young Christian or, or somebody who'd been a Christian for a long time, but hadn't necessarily been in an environment where people would have, would encourage this. I would be saying to somebody to start with, look, if you are a Christian, if you are in Christ, if, then that means that the Holy Spirit is in you. And that means mm-hmm. God is speaking to you. Now, mm-hmm. and therefore, a lot of it with lots of people who are maybe beginning to explore this kind of area, it's more about 
giving language to their already experience versus kind of, <laughs> oh, there's this kind of bolt-on Christianity that I didn't have, and now I've got to add it on to what I'm doing. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. I think there are people who who may be, you know, I mean, we see this in Acts, don't we? That well, Whose baptism have you received? John's baptism or the, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Oh, well, John's baptism is really good. Okay, well, there's something else as well. Uh, right. But I, I, I don't think most people are there. I think most people are are longing for God, and that longing itself is an act, is is a sign of the Holy Spirit's work, and they are uh, leaning on God and they're hearing God in some way. And 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 so I think lots of it is about helping people to name the experience they have. So they're reading Scripture, and something pops out to them. Okay, well. That's God speaking to you. Right. Or a friend shares a word of encouragement and blesses them. Oh, well, that's that's how the Holy Spirit speaks. Um, or wait, I mean, yeah, there's a dream. I mean, that, that you know, again, this is just firmly biblical. It's it's both old and new testament, or they have a dream, or there's an impression, or a, a conviction, or an urgency, or a you know, all of this stuff, I think is actually part of most Christians' experience. But um, for some reason, um, whether culturally or or because of church or fear or whatever, we can maybe sideline that. So that would be the first thing I would say is begin to maybe, I mean, even keep a journal. Mm -hmm. What are the impressions I've had? What are the thoughts I've had? And, and, And almost begin to just over time, just document those things like you were saying about and rehearse them. Because I think that's a great starting point. Um, yeah, we we have a teenage boy in our community, and we've been talking a lot in the last few weeks about hearing God's voice. And he had never heard. He 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 thought that the Lord spoke, um, and then when with the close of the canon of scripture, that was it, and he didn't speak anymore. But as we were talking about giving language to just nudges or impressions or how the Lord can speak it was like a light bulb went off. He had been swimming the week before he had just finished reading his Bible. Um, but it felt dry and he had been swimming and he was overcome by this impression that the Lord was telling him this word of comfort. He'd been in a really hard season. Um, but he didn't know it was him. He thought I had just been overcome by a a thought that I needed that I created in my own head. And so as we were talking about the ways that the Lord speaks, how the spirit can nudge, give impressions, um, as you mentioned with John Wesley, you you could feel a sense of warmth and something can just become clear in your mind. He said, I now know that when I was swimming, that was God trying to speak to me, but it was just because we had a conversation around it. And we made it clear it's not always an audible voice. It's, you know, he's speaking to everyone, but these are um, ways that he speaks um, that it became clear to him. So I, I think that's so important too. Yeah. Um, one last question, um, just because I think people would be curious. This is off the topic of hearing God. But before we go, can you just, for those of us that are listening from the United States or other countries, um, Tell us the state of the church there and your prayers for the church there so we can join you. 
we can join you in them. Can you do that in a nutshell or is that too hard? No, I'll give it a go. Well, first of all, I know that almost everyone who hears this will, well, not almost everyone, but many, most who hear this will be from the States. And uh, just from a a massive lover of the the United States, hello. And um, my my daughter, my daughter was born in California. um, And, um, you know, we've, we harbor hopes that one day she'll be the president um and maybe maybe unify our nation <laughs> um so yeah i i i good question i mean i think that obviously like like in in your country many you know churches are in lots of different places different times aren't they but i i, th- I feel cautiously optimistic hopeful should i say about the church i mean i think I think that there is, I I think things like the pandemic and things like, it feels like there has been an acceleration mm-hmm. um, of, of May, and, and, and I suppose it is sent in a, in a sense an apocalyptic acceleration. So apocalypsis, of course, comes from that. That word means a, a revealing, a lifting the lid, um, an unveiling, let's say. And I think what the pandemic has done, and I think what, what, even the Church of England, the, the kind of denomination of which I'm a part, what's going on is an a, 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 a acceleration of an unveiling of some mm-hmm. kind of themes um, that have always been there. And, and we're seeing this in leaders as well, aren't we? Um, all over the world as we see kind of what feels, and maybe it's not, but it feels like an acceleration of, of a revelation of some maybe unhealthy things. Um it's like, I mean, I think of where it says in scripture, you know, judgment begins with the house of God. It's like there's a, a sifting and a weighing. And and in a sense, some of the healthy things are being accentuated and they're becoming prominent and we're able to celebrate. And there's real hope and there's multiplication and there's a sense of God's glory and presence. And on the other side, there's just, you know, stuff going on that you just think, oh, this is awful. Um. And I would say I'm, I see both in the church. Certainly see both of those things in my heart. Yes. Um, and I think what I see at Trinity, because that's the only church with which I have really close contact, I'm seeing a, a real sense of hunger for God, particularly amongst the youngest, children, youth, young people, students. Um, I'm seeing lives being transformed. I'm seeing people growing up with a familiarity for the voice of God. And we're seeing that we are in a position now where, you know, if you grow up as a young person outside the church, you probably, you may not even know the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing lots of young people, you know, it's, 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 it's one by one. It's not, it's not, it's not, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning about the Salvation Army, which is a movement that began in our city in Nottingham. You know, they, I think they saw something like a quarter of a million people come to faith in a few years. Wow. It's not what we're seeing, but you know, let me tell you one story. There's a one one child, and this is happening one by one by one at Trinity. But we, there's one child who who lives a few miles away from our church, who was invited to come to church, no background of faith, never been to church in his life, ever. He came along, and he was at once, um, and then he was so hungry to come back because of what he'd experienced of God that he. He couldn't get a lift, so he just walked. He walked mm. probably five miles 
Wow. Come to church. Wow. And then walked home. Mm-hmm. And now we've, we've managed to find a better arrangement for him to get to us now. <laughs> but there's hunger. So what state is the church in? I mean, I think I look at lots of parts of the church in this country and I think, gosh, it's just either dead or really on its way. And that's being obviously accelerated. And I look at other bits and I just feel like by God's grace, we're on the cusp of something really exciting. And we are longing for, um, I am longing for, um, yeah, I'm longing, I'm longing to see the church ready to receive her inheritance. And I suppose her inheritance, um, think of a, an old song, um, there's a line, I think it was a Kevin Prosh song, it says, and for our inheritance, give us the lost. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's my longing for the church. And that's, you can be praying that, I think, for us, that that we'd receive our inheritance. And our, our inheritance wouldn't be, <laughs> I suppose, what people like me often wish it were, um, wish it was maybe uh, more giving <laughs> or uh, <laughs> right. an upgraded building or uh, things, <laughs> you know, things that pastors like me often wish for. But know that our inheritance would be the lost coming in and... Mm. Uh, the prodigals coming home and you know people like this this young lad just coming just walking long distances to experience God and I think we're seeing that but my longing is that we'd see that in multiplied ways that's a a long rambly answer I love the answer I love the answer and it, it shows a lot about your heart but we will be praying for that for you I mean it's a similar prayer that we have for ourselves and I just I appreciate technology and I appreciate the ability to travel because I know when we visited you over there, you left a deposit with us and we aim to leave a deposit with you. But now I'm looking forward to everyone on this podcast um, being able to pray across the ocean for you and also just receive that same deposit. I I don't know what we're doing now, but I'd love to pray for you before we before we go. Yes. Close this out. Well, I'm just, Father, I'm just overjoyed with our friendship and just the partnership in the gospel and the fellowship of the mm-hmm. saints. Lord, we, we don't understand what the communion of the saints is like or what it means, but we, we know that somehow as we pray, we're, we're joining in with the prayers of the saints, rising yes. up like sweet-smelling incense, and, and Jesus, even now you're interceding at the right hand of the Father on behalf of us in the Spirit of God as we pray, you are testifying mm-hmm. with our spirits and you're speaking uh, words of comfort and encouragement. And I just pray, Lord, we long to be sheep that hear and know your voice. Yes. We long, Lord, to be those who hear and obey because those are the ones that you bless. And I just mm-hmm. pray a blessing on every brother and sister who's listening to this podcast that they would find... Uh, uh, Lord, um, is it Psalm 40, burnt offerings and sacrifices you have not desired, but you've given me an open ear. And the Hebrew says, mm. you've dug out my ear. Lord, dig out our mm. ear that we might hear you and obey you. And I just bless all on the dwellings, family, everywhere that they might be. Mm-hmm. And you prosper them in Jesus' name. Amen.